Greetings, heathens and witches. It took me a second to remember what the heck I'm supposed to say on this one. I'm so used to my other programming. Greetings, heathens and witches. Welcome to Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove, um, husband Hello. and wife, superhero team extraordinaire, uh, or whatever. <laughs> Teaching witchcraft by night? Yeah. And then, you know, not by day. We would like to, though. Give us money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was brought to you by my desire for money. Um, I guess greed would be the word. Uh, anywho, uh, it is Yule. Literally today, both as we are recording this after work because I'm we ran not out of time. as organized as I would like to be over the weekend. We just don't have time in the weekends for that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's happening anyway, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, and technically this will be out on the, on the first day of Yule as well. So this is Yule 101, a brief look at history, practices, and traditions. Um, so let's start with a, uh, definition for Yule. You oh, yeah, I didn't look up a definition You have a, you have a laptop, you just, you... I do have you a, just weird that. recording something where I've got, like, a laptop in front of me. It's She's new to a bunch of this stuff, guys, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that's the word correspondences. Yeah, because you doubted my She's looking at, she's looking, she's just looking at pornography, guys. Yule-based <laughs> sexy Santa pornographies. <clears throat> so Yule, uh, as according to Oxford Language Dictionary, is an archaic term for Christmas. Okay, so wow, we all know that that's not right. If you're here, uh, that is, you probably yeah. Know. If you're here, you know that that is probably <clears throat> not super accurate. That's fine. I just want I, I figured that Yule was gonna be an awful yeah, the, definition. The, the, the so Merriam-Webster one her, guys, is not as good either. It's uh, the Feast of the Nativity of Jesus Christ, Christmas. Well, that doesn't sound right at all. Anywho, yeah. uh, what are the dates that Yule runs from? So this is 2020, if you're listening to this in a far distant future, where there have been a mini, a Yule. But uh, <laughs> what, 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 are the, what are the Yule dates? <clears throat> so Yule itself typically takes place on the winter solstice. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Which is the shortest day of the year, the longest night of the year. You could also call it midwinter, which is way cooler than saying winter solstice. Midwinter? I'm really into the term midwinter. But mid different, different types of um, faiths practice Yule and its celebrations at different times. So there were times and certain places where they celebrated Yule three days after the solstice. And that's primarily because if you think about a time before, um, you know, like like an analog clock, basically, yeah. you didn't, like, you knew that the days were getting shorter and the nights were getting longer, but you didn't know exactly when that happened. Are you tell me <clears throat> that ancient Vikings or ancient Germanic people or ancient pagan people didn't have the ability to detect the decay of isotopes to within <laughs> thousands and millions of a second perfectly time every moment of their lives? Because uh, listen, really, if no. I didn't have perfect timing every moment of my life, well, honestly, I would be my life because yeah. I have no internal sense so, of time. But... So like, yes, they understood how to tell time. And yes, they knew the dates and they knew this, the, the, the cycles of the sun as well as the cycles of the moon. Mm -hmm. So um, in some cultures, Yule was practiced in regards to the moon. So sometimes it had to do with the first full moon after the winter solstice. But um, really, uh, celebrating Yule on the winter solstice is like a modern thing because now we know exactly when it's going to be. Whereas before yeah. we had to kind of like figure it out. But there's also some uh, beliefs that celebrate Yule for 
several days and yeah. they'll call it yuletide or even christmas tide yeah is something that it's and, the, and, the, and the yuletide generally goes from the winter solstice until the turn of the new year right or whenever the heck or, you or want. whenever you want it to stop there's yeah. not really yeah. a rhyme or reason for that yeah see <laughs> so and this is going to bring us into the first section that we want to talk about so there's a brief introduction with us it, we want to talk about our personal history and practices and some 2020 adaptations and we're going to go over these sort of briefly and then we're going to offer more at the end of the podcast so stick stick around for more like uh 2020 yule adaptations uh yeah. you know because no family no friends no happiness but, uh, but the good thing is, is everything that we're going to talk about can help you with your own Yule celebration. Precisely. Whether yeah. or not you're doing it on Yule, because yeah. that's really the thing that we talk, that we want to talk about a lot with our own magical practices is that just because it happens, just because it's a, attached to a date, doesn't mean it has to happen on that date. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no, there's no like Yule police looking and going up oh, it's 1201 it's no longer I mean, the winter solstice you're done i mean a bell snickle <laughs> might hit you with a stick or some shit but yule police they aren't it's more like weird goblins that broke into your house and hit you with a stick because you're like a day late who cares yeah um you know what and 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 speaking on like uh, personal history and practices to me this is sort of a big deal it's a lot more about um intent than it is about like an over-exaggeration of hyper-precision. And of course, this is all to me. Everything in this podcast should be taken with a grain of salt and a shot of, a shot of penicillin because we're just two assholes with some laptops yeah. and a camera. We are not experts. We are also not doctors. We're also not doctors. But maybe witch doctors. Maybe we're witch doctors? I'm like, I'm vaguely shamanistic. That, like we that makes sense. Like, we could be witch doctors. Yeah. I got a lot we're, of not, we're, we're not regular doctors. Like we're not medical doctors. No, I'm not a medical doctor. Nor That's... are we initialed sort of experts in what it is that we're doing. Or but... anything. We're not yeah. initialed experts in fucking shit. And that's important, right? Because it's okay to not be an expert, but to still help and to educate and to share. Which is what the point of this podcast is. But no, for me, it's one of those things where like, okay, today's Yule. Uh, if your job won't allow you to practice uh, your your true faith or or your belief system... Or if you're just busy on today and you couldn't, whatever, take the day off or accomplish whatever, it's okay to do it the next day. Yeah. Right? It's okay to whatever. I look at Yuletide, and it has always been to me, like, the winter solstice through to the new year. Yeah. Right? So it's always been those, the, like, two weeks of Christmas, New Year's is the, like, Yuletide, Christmastide season, you know, um... And so you kind of fit things in where you can, yeah. Uh, and and that's that's vaguely important. Um, like yeah. as an aside, speaking on our practices, uh, we had to cull one of our roosters. Uh, he was getting out of hand with some of the hens, uh, and we we obviously don't want our hens to get hurt. Um, and we did that yesterday. But you know, we we did it with the necessary pomp and circumstance for Yule, simply because of the opportunity we were given. Yeah. As depressing as that opportunity is, um, he was a very beautiful rooster. But uh, and we had raised but, him since he was a chick. He yeah. was one of our first like. He's well. He, he was, was the direct of progenitor of our first generation rooster. of like home backyard things, and we were hoping that he was going to be good. But you know what? When you have a when you have a breed that's known to be aggressive. Yeah, and he was to, just yeah. he was just too aggressive, and we don't want him to hurt our hens. And when we when we saw that yesterday, uh, when Julie went out to the chicken coop and was dealing with the chicken coop stuff, she came back inside and was like, hey, you know, one of the hens is like acting super scared and is, you know, is, is, is like, like a little overly pecked at and whatever. 
um, and we know that the rooster's been getting a little bit more aggressive, and that was sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back, to, yeah. you know, to put it in that fashion. And so, you know, we, we had to make that decision, and it was sort of easier to do it yesterday when it's, it, like, we have the day off of work than, like, yeah. today when, like, I worked <laughs> a whole-ass job. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another part of it is, is that, you know, we need to logically take into account where our jobs and, and our practices can overlap and where they can't overlap and we have to be okay with adapting, yeah. right? Because like anything, um, and it doesn't have necessarily have to be a practice and it doesn't necessarily have to be a job, but like, you know, I, I was raised in a household with, a, with something called the 24 hour rule, which is basically like, hey, if you gotta bring up something difficult or hard or, 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 you know, particularly like a big discussion thing, um, part of that openness is that, you know, I would be able to be like, hey, dad, like, I want to talk to you about this thing. I'm going to invoke 24-hour rule because this is, you know, whether it's embarrassing or it's 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 hard to talk about or whatever, you know. And it's like, hey, I want to ask you these questions. Uh, you know, I'm going to invoke the 24-hour rule. I've got this, this thing I want to bring up. And then he has to wait 24 hours to respond to me in order for him to make sure that he's not coming from a place of... of um, emotional stress and or that I'm not going to start taking it in a bad way or anything like that to help improve communication and it's this idea and obviously there are things that need to be taken care of right away that's not what I'm this isn't what I'm saying but it's the idea that like nothing is so yeah, bad that it has to most, be most shit yeah. can wait like 24 hours yeah. and you would totally still be fine you know I'm like without regard for like medical injuries obviously, or like yeah. paying bills and <laughs> shit like be a responsible adult right or in my example, marry a responsible adult. Um, oh no, that's putting a lot of pressure on me. Now. But uh, uh, I have an agenda and beer. She has a whole bunch of history. So I just I, like we need to understand the dynamic here. I'm um, messy, crazy shaman man, and she's like organized and like pays shit on time because uh, I'm I have no again internal <clears throat> sense of time. But but again, that's that's part of it, right? Is that is that freedom of practice and that idea that we don't need to. We don't need to live in as structured a manner as people would like us to think that we need yeah. to. And there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, say for your magical practices that you have to do it this specific way and it needs to be these tools and these items. And speaking as someone who's a very experienced practitioner, you don't need that. All you first of all, should be doing what you want the other than, as opposed to something that like somebody else told you you should do. But, you know, you don't need to feel like you have to, you know, get naked and light a candle and try and usher your animals out of the room yeah. and yeah. meditate for an hour and then do a 30 minute ritual with all of these different things yeah. and then I mean, do this and, and if, then do that. Like you don't but, need to do that stuff if you don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, if stuff. you want to though, it's good. Yes. If you yeah, want to do go, that, go ahead, go for it. Yeah. But the thing of the thing that we really want to get across is that your you can make your magical practices your own. <laughs> Looking at what other people are doing is a fantastic starting point. It really is. But um, I generally recommend that when you're looking at trying to figure out what to do, you look at several different sources so that you can take the most important pieces and incorporate those into what it is that you actually want to do. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think you're, I think that that's exactly what it is, is, is that, um, the, the best laid plants of mice and men are often 
uh, go awry. So, like, you just, we have to, like, accept the fact and be okay with and adapt to modern circumstances. And, like, for us, and this is moving into 2020 adaptations, we literally, for what, the three years that we've lived here, we have all eight blots. Yeah, we have, we usually do all the sabbats or blots. Or, or blo yeah, sabbats, blots. The the, sorry, depending on what language you want same to speak thing. about it. They're we the do same all, words. The, all the witchy stuff. Yeah, we do all, we do we all eight rituals people over. with friends and with family. Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes we have, uh, sometimes it's just like the two of us and dad, or sometimes it's like, you know, we've got, you know, 15 people out there and it's a bunch of friends. And we've also had times where, where we've had friends be like, hey, I got this other friend and they're like into this witchy stuff, but they're sort of un like, they don't really know how they feel about it and all this. And it's like, all right, well, come to one of our blots where we are the two of us, different denominations. Uh, that's a bad way to say that <laughs> but but we 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 practice slightly differently and we've adapted it so that way we can still keep our individual practices but we can work together in a practical fashion yeah and the people that come to our events some of them are pagan and some of them are norse and some of them are just like catholics that are supportive and friends and family of ours and yeah. and it's a it's an open thing and for us that's the important part is that that communal <laughs> openness but yeah we but even have a, a couple of atheists that come yeah actually we do have a too. few atheists so who, who come we, and just uh, show up to like hang out and have friends and 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 you know they participate and, and they're, you know they're not they're not assholes about anything you know yeah. they're reverent when reverent times are are required and uh we always make it clear like what our intent is you know we're not like, I don't believe in trying to, like, rope people into shit or anything yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, and, and that's an important part. But before we digress, and, and I babble for ages, let's move into our first real topic <laughs> that isn't about me. I know. Tears. Right, guys? <laughs> F's in the chats for not being about Jonathan. Uh, uh, God King Xerxes. Uh, but, um, so a brief history of Yule pre and post Christian Europe, uh, specifically early mentions of Yule uh, and the Christian uh, Christianization of Yule traditions, speaking on uh, King Hakon the first of Norway. So yeah. uh, you're going to take over because she is I did the, the one that studied and did the research yeah. and I'm just here to look pretty. I so um, it feels like Yule would be something that goes like super far back with like you know, like, you know, you, you've got like the star of Bethlehem, which happens with Jesus's birth and the Christian side of yeah. things. So you feel like Yule would go further back than that, right? Because Yule would be, would be theoretically happening before Jesus. But the thing is, is um, there's not a lot of stuff that's been written down about Yule. The, um, Truth. the, the Indo-European and like Proto-Anglo-Saxons and Slavs didn't really write stuff down as much as we are used to thinking that people wrote stuff down yeah, well, based on, shit down like based the on the Greeks, Greeks and yeah. the Romans yeah. and the Egyptians. Yeah. So oh, a very lot vain of about this writing stuff, shit down. yeah. So a lot <laughs> of the stuff that we know about not just Yule but other yeah. traditions of yeah. that time comes from ancient Greek and Roman things, which unfortunately yeah. we won't be talking much about that because I just didn't have time. Um, but uh, you know, there's other traditions 
traditions that happen during this time of year that they wrote a lot about. And there really isn't a lot about that of Yule yeah. until Christianity comes into yeah. play. Yeah. So the earliest mention of Yule, um, actually the two earliest mentions of Yule were as a month in the calendar. So Yule wasn't just a day. Yule was, I mean, like, it was like functionally whole, the word for December. Like season. Yeah, yeah, it was the earliest mention of Yule is in a fourth century calendar. And the word that they used for Yule was Frum, fruma Julius. Yeah, you uh, highlight that for me. Where are you saying Fruma Julius? Fruma Julius. I'm pretty certain you're saying that wrong. No, I mean you can try your best there. Is that J I U L E I S? There's too yeah. many I's in this fucking word. <laughs> yeah, so that was in a fourth century yeah. calendar. Oh, now keep Fruma in mind Julius. that's before the the current Gregorian calendar that we work on, sure, right? Sure, sure, so that's sure, not sure. like yeah. December one yeah. through you know. Also, um, as, as we're having this conversation, I, I, and and just to interrupt a little bit, um, uh, Julie here. So if you have a link to some more information, or you are an expert and you would like to share some stuff. So obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast form, um, one, like, follow us and shit. Yeah. Uh, we have more of these coming out. We're going to do, like, basically every other week from now until the end of time. Because uh, there's always more to learn. But, um... Yeah. No, uh, go hop to... Hop onto our social media. Yeah, hop onto social media. Go, go to our YouTube. Shoot us a message. You go to our YouTube page. Yeah. Because the video of us going through this is also up on YouTube. And yeah. it's, it's And that's for all podcasts. So if you want to have a conversation with the greater Horn and Cauldron family, then just jump on our, on, uh, our YouTube video of this and um, comment there. And, yeah. that, and, and if you comment yeah. there, then we're going to be able to see it. We're going to be able to respond it. Others are going to be able to comment back. And we can have a nice discourse there simply yeah. because this podcast and is on too many if services. if I'm mispronouncing of. something, I am yeah. sorry. Tell us how to pronounce <laughs> it right. Dude, yeah. give us, hit us so, up. So Fruma Julius, Fruma Julius was, yeah. was, the, was, was listed as a month in the 4th century calendar. And the reason that we know that this is attached to Yule is because it's really, a, Yule is primarily historically. Same words, uh, uh, a Yule Germanic thing, yeah. And Yule is a root of several different words. One of those means Odin. They mean a lot of different things, but it's all the same, like, root word sure, there. Sure, sure. So the next mention was word. in an 8th century calendar, and um, it seems like there were more calendars by then. Um, this is, like, the 700s, guys, so, you know, they weren't, like, mass printing stuff or anything. And the nope. term, the terms used were varied between... Jola and Julie and let me tell you when I read this my brain just like fell out of the side of my head yeah. because I was like what because my name Julie actually doesn't really have a origin you know you're like oh this name is Hebrew for that or be Latin for this sure um the name Julie is uh, theorized to be a name that Shakespeare made up when he was making the name Romeo, when he was making Romeo and Juliet. But he based that on like some real life stuff that happened. So sure, it's possible yeah. that there were other people wandering around with the name Julie or Juliet. And I wonder if it has anything to do with this Julie, which is not how I spell it, um, but is super interesting. Yeah, G I U L I. And I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but yeah. in my head canon, it's Julie. So yeah. you're welcome for Yule, I everyone. Mean, I, <laughs> I, I might be wrong on this, but I think a G isn't hard. I think it's soft, so it should be Ghoulie. Uh, well, that would be a Ghoulie. hard G. It would be more like a J. 
generally. Yeah? But with the GI, uh, I don't know. I am not that kind of linguist. I'm also basing that on so, like, maybe a different language. Yeah. So uh, the months that they found all of these mentions towards Yule either correspond to what we know as December or January or both together December and January. Because again, our predecessors didn't really have months and regimented time in the way that we currently do in modern times. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, yeah. So, but outside, and that's in Germanic countries, right? The first time that Yule was mentioned outside of those Germanic countries was as Yule Tide, uh, as in like Yule season, and that was in the year 1475. Yeah, so is, there's a huge is, difference you there. You know, like, uh, like in between six that. centuries later, <laughs> seven centuries later, maybe, it's too many yeah, centuries, maybe more. guys. So yeah. you know that's so there's not a whole lot of mentions of just the word Yule. So you can imagine just like how much of the tradition we're missing that ancient peoples had for yeah. this yeah. Uh, based sure. on of that, course. which of really course. leads me into um, the most... Uh, the most documented form of or most documented instances of Yule and information about Yule um, happened with King Hakon the First of Norway, and he ruled Norway from the years 934 to 961. So we're looking like of of over a thousand years ago. Yeah, uh, is is really like the most information we know about Yule, which sounds like a super long time. It's not a super long time, but it's actually no. really not a super long time when you think about how old certain other traditions and things like yeah. that are. So this king, he is credited with the Christianization of Norway, and when he became ruler of Norway, and I don't know what that entailed or what happened there specifically, but he was Christian. But the land that he was basically going to go rule uh, was heathen. So he yeah, well, primarily hid or really downplayed his Christian ideals um, so that he could fit in and get help and buy in from the chieftains. Because at the time, Norway was ruled primarily by a chieftain-like society, but there were kings who ruled over them in like a feudal state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It's, so, a, it's a tiered feudal system. And, yeah. you know, I mean, like... This has been the case more than just in this instance, where within, like, the king may have had a faith that was different than, um, than the people's. Yeah, which right? in, And then he just pushes it. Yeah, so. and then he just pushes it in yeah. true kingly fashion. So, so eventually, he passed a law decreeing that Yule celebrations had to happen around the same time as Christmas. Mm -hmm. And... At the time there, uh, Yule was typically celebrated three nights after the solstice. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see that he kind of like made it so that Yule yeah. was maybe a little bit pushed back, depending on when the solstice would happen, obviously. Yeah. Um, now, in addition to this decreeing that it had to happen at the same time as Christmas, this is... Uh, uh, he also said that everyone was to have ale for the celebration with a measure of grain... Ale or else pay grain. fines and had to keep the holiday while the ale lasted. That was his decree. So if you didn't have your holiday yeah. and you didn't have your beer and you didn't have your grain, you had to you had to celebrate Yuletide until the beer ran out. Which is a really interesting thing to tell someone to do. You're forcing somebody to like 
participate in Yule because they didn't bring whatever it was that he said they should have brought. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, could you imagine if you signed up for a uh, potluck and you're like, I'll bring the cornbread and then... Uh, you don't, and they're like, okay, so listen, you gotta make a bunch of cornbread, and then all you can eat is cornbread until you're out of cornbread. And you're like, yeah. well, that's... <laughs> Guys, I just, the oven wasn't, and they're like, I don't, it's not, I don't, yeah. it's the king decreed is such, I, I don't know, it's on It's yeah. on you now. Now, what's, what's, even, what's, this, so that's funny, right? That is And funny. what's interesting yeah. about this is, is, um, this is from, uh, an, uh, from an author who wrote a book called Hengskringla, The History of the Kings of Norway. It was translated. Um, the guy who wrote it was Emily Hollander. Uh, and in his book about this particular king and the Yule celebration, he says that it was ancient custom that when the sacrifice was to be made, all farmers were to come to the heathen temple and bring with them the food that they needed while the feast lasted. So not just food for the feast, but everything that they would need for the whole time, kind of indicating that they were pretty much gonna like spend the whole time at at the temple doing the feasting and partying stuff. So- <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, at this feast, all were to take part of the drinking of ale. Uh, it was also typical that people back then would drink ale from the same cup and it would just be filled as it went along. Um, and, and that's- 2020, don't do that. It's horrifying as a mask wearing <laughs> it's, 2020 yeah. Don't person. do it. Yeah. So, um, 2021 so maybe, they know. also um, sacrifice all kinds of livestock in connection with this, which mm -hmm. sounds super sad. But I mean, if you're thinking about it, you're thinking that you have to feed a whole temple's worth of people, which would generally be an outpost. So that's somewhere between, say, 15 and 500 people. Yeah. You know, this, so you this, would be sacrificed. So you would have to, like, eat a lot of animals to feed all of these people yeah. for this celebration. It is unclear how long the celebration went. Uh, because of the, you know, the the ver the variety of things that are happening yep. there in places. Hello. Hello, leave Finn alone. Hey, lay down. Come on, what are you doing, Finn? You're fine. Don't don't engage Hella. Our dogs are like they're talking and doing something. Yeah, Hella Hella is like I want food or to play with Finn, and that's a loud kind of a thing. So we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not because doing that they shit. like dog wrestle. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of livestock that they sacrificed yeah. in connection with it, including horses, which was yeah. primarily not for the food. Although they would eat horse back in ancient Germanic times, because yeah. I mean. Listen, if you're hungry, you're going to eat a fucking horse. Yeah, like you're yeah, going to eat what no you've got. No um, question. And all of the blood from the animals had a specific name and a specific vessel that it would go into. Sure. And, uh, and this is all the animals. And what they would do is they would take this blood and put it and like dip uh, twigs that they had kind mm -hmm. of like fanned out. Like if you've ever seen that stuff about yep. like, this is how you make like a toothbrush out of a twig. Like that, but on a larger scale. Yep. And then they would sprinkle the blood everywhere. Yeah. All over the pedestals of the idols of yeah. the temple. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which like were, annoying. You yeah. This. Uh, and they would sprinkle it on the walls of the temple, both on the inside and on the outside. And they also would sprinkle the men yeah. with the blood. Now, it is... Uh, it, it isn't mentioned specifically, but they probably also would sprinkle some of the women, at least, with the blood. Yeah, probably the ones the who are in the right position or something or to that extent. Who are in the right position. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, and now this is a more of a Germanic custom, but it is possible that this extended as far to the 
pagan Anglo-Saxons who had a primarily uh, female-centric um, ritual, and that may be borrowed from them or yeah. bled over to them. It's kind of tough to tell. Um, so they like sprinkled that blood everywhere. Yeah. Now the meat was all. I mean, if you saved. got blood, sprinkle it, right? <laughs> I guess. Blood right. be sprinkling. S -s 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 blood bay. Yeah. Blood bay. What did you do? Sprinkler. If you're watching the podcast, I'm doing the sprinkler. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, yeah. Well, so hold on, hold on. Before we get back into the blood and gore of, of things, so uh, when you think about sacrificing an animal, um, that's really sort of like taking advantage of a thing that already has to happen. Yeah. Right. That's like exactly like, what it is. Like as a solid example, regardless of what the day was, yesterday we had to cull one of our chickens. Yeah. Right. And so the idea is that like, especially if. You can't go to Safeways to get a pork chop. Like, oh, hey, do you want to have a pig? Well, uh, it's in the yard. Figure yeah. that shit out, right? Uh, so you have to look at, at animal sacrifice as sort of being one of those things where it's like, all right, we already have to do this. So if we can add reverence to it, if we can, if we can add timing to it, if we can use the parts that are wasteful traditionally, right? Like, let's say horse's blood or yeah. something like that. It's like, all right, we can't do anything with this blood. What are we going to do with this fucking blood? But they're like, all right, well, we can make this blood like special in other places of our lives that don't require us to eat it. Yeah, you know, and traditionally in ancient cultures, eating blood was not really something that you did because yeah. of the um, idea that you could be getting sick and yeah. so easily. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna um, risk. Eat, you know, not they didn't really have that. food safety there. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. <laughs> but so, okay, so uh, we're taking a break. Okay, this is, we're gonna we're going to we're sponsoring ourselves. We're going we're going to sponsor of ourselves. Oh, it's, it's a commercial. It's commercial it's, time. It's commercial time. Everybody, commercial panic. Uh, we'll catch you guys in a minute. All right, it's commercial time. Uh, commercial time. <laughs> follow us on everything. <laughs> We're everywhere. This is just yeah, us right now. We don't have any sponsors. There's no sponsors. We're, this is so... uh, this is me sponsoring my own life. Yeah. Uh, follow us everywhere. It's Nerd Jive everywhere for me. Or Goddess Jewels. Or Goddess Jewels everywhere for for Julie and. Yep. Um, yeah, dude, we have an Etsy shop where we where we where we do some stuff, mm -hmm. um, and we've got some plans for some new stuff. So check that out. That's Norgrove Enterprises on yep. Etsy. Um, if you uh, if you're down with some gaming, we have a Twitch channel. Uh, Julie streams every Thursday from six to eight. Yep, and um, I play World of Warcraft. She plays World of Warcraft. There's like a new holiday themed season. It's very interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that's a twitch.tv slash nerdjive, so check that out. Obviously, yep. follow us on YouTube, and, like, that's where we can talk in the chat yep. and all that kind of shit, but... And you can find all of the links at nerdjive.com slash links. Yeah, it's slash, yeah. slash links, probably. Yeah, so you can find everything oh. to, to check us out there, and, uh, we hope that you guys enjoy our stuff. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. do all the things. Love us. We, we need friends. Be our internet friends, 2020. Be our internet friends. 2020, not so many friends. Okay. <laughs> commercial over. End of commercial. End of commercial. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, before the break, we were talking about the king and yeah. um, you know, the, the, the ancient... Yeah, Hakon, Hakon the first, uh, and Drink the right uh, ancient Yule traditions that we know of from there. So... Um, they sacrifice a bunch of animals. Everybody's hanging out at the temple. Mm -hmm. And then after they sacrifice the animals at the temple, they would build a big fire uh, in the center of the ground in the temple. 
And, and typically there was an open hole in this place in the temple or a similar place so that you could have a fire there because it would get real cold. And um, you can't have too much smoke inside of a building. That's kind of what kills people. So um, they would make these big fires and then they would cut all the meat up, put all the meat into pots, and then they would boil the meat because mm -hmm. the meat's fresh and you got to get it, first of all, cooked. And you're not going to age all this stuff because you're going to feed everyone at this <laughs> uh, festival until it's done. Um, and as the, um, as the food is cooking, they would essentially start the first round of of toasts because toasts were a really important part of this as well and um everybody drank out of like the same like bowl or cup uh or you know goblet or that sort of thing usually a bowl was actually more common because uh it takes a lot more work to make a goblet than it does to make just like a big old bowl big old so, bowl stuff way easier to make i work with wood let me yeah. tell you what <laughs> so so they so they would have ale in the like communal bowl and it would be passed or in in like a circle around the fire so it's a little bit like drink pass drink drink pass yeah uh and, drink, drink, pass. and um the first person would be uh the person who like made the feast like the preparer of the feast would get the bowl first and then after that it would go to the chieftain yeah which is a really interesting delineation because you would think that it would normally go to like the most important guy but really in this i mean the instance, most important guy is the cook is the one who's making yeah. your food like, right kings, yeah kings can king but i'm pretty certain that uh they can't they can't make enough food for 500 fucking people yeah so, so the first toasts um, after that would be because there was lots of toasting when you get drunk people in a situation where they're going to toast you get a lot of toasts yeah, you gotta really so control the shit, first yes. toast would be to odin mm -hmm. and then the second toast was um was made jointly to nyodir the father of freyr and freya as well as freyr so they put nyodir and freyr as the same thing um yeah. for the same toast uh, yeah, Nyoder. Yeah. And then the Nyoder next toast after that, the third toast, would be to the king. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it would be to departed kinsfolk and then whatever else. Yeah. So um, Yule was very much a celebration of those who came before yeah. and good tidings and um communal, communal and familial connections and, yeah. and and when you think about this from a historical standpoint right okay so so the darkest day of the year you know the whatever the heck the longest night of the year the shortest day of the year the winter solstice whatever you want to call it right theoretically that's like the dead center of winter yeah right so you're sort of at that point in time where it's only getting better right and you can kind of take stock of what we have and how we can yeah. survive and how we can work together. And especially in like some of these incredibly northern Germanic countries where you're dealing with a lot of inclement weather and such like that. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we made it halfway through. It's only getting better from here. Like, let's celebrate because like, you yeah. know, also it's the middle of it's the middle of the year. Like it's no longer it's no longer like volumetrically reasonable to be continuing to deplete whatever other stocks you have to feed an animal yeah. that you may butcher and be able to serve over the course of yeah. two a month or a month and a half or two months yeah. right which which is going to take you into like like late winter early spring yeah. sort of seasonality where you're going to start getting some stuff back so there, there's there's sort of like a logical yeah. balance and connection there um you know and obviously like 
uh, if you have the community celebrate at like sort of the darkest of times, yeah. then they bond together in exactly. that darkness and there's, and there's less other... chance of somebody getting squirrely. Yeah, there's some other, speaking of getting squirrely, <laughs> you know? that was a nice segue for me. Uh, there's some other things that Yule is connected to, which are also fascinating and interesting in that um, coming from a modern time, we know a lot more about cabin fever, which is a very real thing that happens, oh, yeah. and what happens to people when cabin fever sets in. So yeah. other things... You live through 2020. <laughs> yeah, You right. know what that's so... like. <laughs> so other things that were connected to Yule, uh, particularly in ancient Germanic things, is, uh, is the wild hunt. Mm -hmm. So the wild hunt for lack of a better term, and this is Wikipedia's term and I love it, is a ghostly procession in the sky. So the wild hunt is something that people Wikipedia. would would quote unquote see in the sky. And this is generally, uh, and, and people would see this in different ways in different places. So I'm yep. gonna go hyper generalized here. Yeah. So you've got your prey and they are running wildly away from their pursuers, which are wanting to kill them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes this was Odin and people against Odin, a variety of different things you would find there. Sometimes this was a, a stag running away from hunters. Um, you know, there were other gods that were used as an aspect of this, but um, it was also uh, tied to increased supernatural activity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe you're living in a in an old place, a bunch of people have died there. Mm -hmm. Much more chance that you're going to notice a ghost when you're inside, stuck in the house the whole time, right? Yeah. Um, it was also um, tied to the Draugr, which were, um, well, Norse zombies. Yeah, the Draugr. The Draugr? Yeah. yeah. So, Draugr. like, basically the Whites from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, as well as the, the more zombies. interesting piece there is fairy abductions and people stop stealing fairies guys they're nice people so i mean when you look at what about. a fairy abduction is because <laughs> the norris pantheon also had had the fey folk but they represented a different type of being really than like the celtic fey folk and what we would know modernly as as fairies yeah so a fairy abduction in in most modern lore is either mm -hmm. for children or something along those lines but back in in ancient norse times uh the the fae the fae they would abduct people just because like they felt like it or because they felt like they had been slighted and in the way that you think about this uh when you think about like what cabin fever looks like is sometimes when cabin fever sets in people will want to just walk out oh, yeah, into just, the woods. They'll just walk off into the snow. They'll just walk off just into the snow. Fucking ghosts. Never to be seen again. Yeah. So that yeah. was a thing. Or, you know, or a corpse to be the... found in the yeah. in in a in a fucking grove of trees somewhere in the middle of bloody yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Just like coming out of the coming out of the frost. Yeah. And similar to fairy abductions were that there's not a term for this, but the idea that when someone saw the ghostly hunt, they essentially decided to go and participate in yeah, the ghostly the hunt, hunt yeah. and they would then die. Um, yeah. And you can really see that not so much in the in the realm of cabin fever, but when you think about like an old an ancient civilization like that, when times are hard and food is scarce and you don't have as much 
um, you know, diversity in your diet, you know, it's really easy to die from malnutrition or yeah. from the cold or for a variety of other yeah. ailments, yeah. particularly during the winter time. And um, that would essentially be them being be seen as them like taking part in the wild hunt yeah. or, you know, something like that. So it's a really interesting um, piece that sort of ties in there. And you can see what we know is science melding with what we know comes from folklore and magical yeah. traditions yeah. and well, all under, yeah it's, it's it's understanding the past it's understanding the past okay so yeah. so that that's that we're into kingly stuff so now we're really we're sort of we've Vaguely, yeah, we sort of transitioned overly, without you we've talking about doing smoothly transitioned, but we've transitioned. It was a money transition. It was, a, it was an Adam Ragusea level transition. Yeah. Guys, guys, the best so, damn transition. Um, so we're talking about other ancient Yule traditions, yeah. specifically German, pagan, and Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, so we've already really talked about the Germanic stuff because yeah. Yule is really very Germanic in its in origin, thing. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that we just talked about were common um, Germanic sort of traditions. Now, other celebrations that may have fed in into this um, or joined with it or you know mutated into it or were similar to it in yeah. specifically Europe um, in um, Panglo or Panglo Pagan Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, pagan Anglo-Saxon <laughs> tradition. In Paglo traditions, uh, they had Modronit, which was uh, celebrated on Christmas Eve, although um, that would have been after the Christianization of uh, England and, and, and thereabouts. So mm -hmm. prior to that, it probably happened much closer to the winter solstice than on yeah. Christmas Eve or a specific number of days afterwards. Or, and this is probably most likely, that it took place on the full or new moon after the solstice. Yeah. Uh, because of the way that the, the pagan Anglo-Saxons revered the moon and really paid attention to that lunar cycle. Mm. Uh, and and Modernit was really focused on fertility and on mother figures. So on the pagan, on the Anglo-Saxon side of thing, you can see this a lot in modern Celtic Wicca and witchcraft where you're really revering the mother figure. Mm -hmm. This is when the mother, the mother gives birth, birth to the sun god, the baby, yeah. the horned god. This is when the yeah. holly king defeats the oak king. Um, you know, you're looking at a lot of that very, very like, like one, like you close your eyes in a dark room and it kind of looks Christian um, sort of stuff um, from that. And that's either because it bled you, their traditions into Yule and Christmas or because the Christianization of that stuff kind of went there. And it's a thing that we're never really going to know yeah. until we have until a time, time machine travel. and then we can go back in time. Time travel, guys, that's yeah. the secret. Now, prior to this is actually the um, midwinter celebrations in Western Europe uh, in the Stone Age, which is 8,700 BCE nice. uh, to 2,000 BCE. So we're talking before or during when the pyramids were built mm -hmm. in Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, and in the Bronze Age, which is 3,200 BCE to 600 AD, which is also just like a huge swath there. So, you know, when all that... <laughs> It's a weird selection to use BCE and AD. It would be BCE and then CE. It would be, yes. I, that's yeah. just how I wrote it down. Okay. Um, so, Very crazy. So midwinter celebrations in the Stone and in the Bronze Ages were largely focused on 
the on really like three pieces here they're focused on their ancestors mm. and how to commune with their ancestors and honoring those that have gone before them i mean what else are you going to do when it's dark and all you have is beer you're just gonna like sit at home and drink and think about your family that have died uh, yeah. or something like that and something also dope. give them thanks yeah. because um it's also the dead that you would look at so not just your family but those you know that have come before you as well as the sun god so again we're looking at that theme of birth we're looking at that theme of rebirth we're looking at the sun coming back mm -hmm. out so mm -hmm. you can really see where that progression kind of like tracks with that and in other parts of the world there were also um those who worship the sun uh, during this time of year as being reborn in a variety of different traditions and we'll hopefully talk about that in future podcasts we don't really know when We'll figure yeah. that out. Um, now, the thing about all of this, all of this history is that, um, you know, it's easy to say, like, well, I want an answer. I want to know, like, we do a lot of Reddit. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people in Reddit that, particularly in the heathen and witchcraft type communities, that want to know, like, okay, well, I want to do what the ancient Norse were doing or the ancient Celts were doing. I want to do the thing that the people were doing thousands of years ago before christianization and the thing about that is is we don't know yeah. um you know it's it's especially prominent it's in the north side of things too yeah a lot where... of it's hearsay a lot of it is guessing a lot of it is looking at second third or or like fourth level like like four <clears throat> like fourth iteration sort of texts you know or oh this king wrote about this ancient norse tradition but he's like 1400 years later so what the fuck does he know yeah kind of a thing and some people there's a, there's two answers for this right some people look at that as an opportunity to turn inward and find what they feel like they want to do right with observation to traditionalism and the like and sort of create what feels right to them right and that's sort of what i do right yeah i study and I read up on stuff constantly, you know. Um, but I know that there are gaps in the history, and I, and I know that there are that there are other belief systems that I agree with this part, or I like this, or or what have you. And my faith is sort of structured in the like teachings that I've learned as I've studied a bunch of different traditions, and I'm constantly studying new traditions. Uh, and then, of course, the other option is to become very singular in the stuff that we do know. Right. And, and, you know, both both directions are equally good and, and to really focus in on like, OK, we know that these are the things that did or did not happen. And so I'm going to observe these traditions that we know. And when we find new ones, I'm going to observe these new ones. And until then, I'm just going to do these things because these are just the things that I that that we know historically. And that's the thing with a lot of these is that you sort of have to choose which path you want to take. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you can just change paths <clears throat> however you choose, and but, whenever you yeah, choose. and whenever you choose. But you know, you want to find the thing that fits you, and then and then move forward from there. But 
But yeah, so while we're speaking really on like, modern like stuff. the whole TLDR of what current Yule celebrations are is they're really comprised of three categories of things. What we actually know about ancient Yule customs, and there's so little, but that is one of the things there. Uh, and then what we think ancient people's customs would be based on other non-Yule stuff that we know from other sources. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we're guessing that, that they would have done based on other types of things. Yeah. Uh, a, surprising, a surprising amount of anthropological evidence in terms of what ancient cultures used to would do uh, is gleaned from the sales records of merchants. Yeah, well... Uh, which is fascinating That's awesome, me. that's awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, so and then let's... the last category is borrowing from other cultures yeah. and religions, borrowing and blending. So there's a lot of places that you can take that stuff, and there's a lot that you can really sort of infer. And the thing is, is there's really no reason that you can't just create your own stuff. Yeah, you can 100% create your, your own traditions, right? Yeah. I mean, like, if you have a tradition of watching a TV movie or a TV show um, on Christmas, that shit's, that shit's not ancient. We just invented that. It's, yeah. it's that easy, and right? That I mean, we tradition. were all alive for when Elf came and was just like, <laughs> hey, guess what? Tradition. Yeah. And you're like, ah, and damn it, Will, like, Ferrell. Will Ferrell. It's so good. You're such a genius. Yeah. You know, and that's just like, that's a that's like a Christmas tradition movie for a yeah. ton of people. Or everybody was like, Will Ferrell, I hate you because of this movie. Like, yeah, I guess. Uh, Those a, people are wrong. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, Elf is great. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. And obviously there are a bunch of other traditions and, you know, I mean... We're going to talk about Yule, every Yule. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of... We didn't talk about, like, Oh, there's Krampus, a ton of stuff. Uh, my so, favorite form uh, of This of is Santee. by no means an exhaustive thing no, about no, we're just, Yule. We're just, brief, we're just but, briefing over um, some stuff, and, and, and stay tuned for more. We're, there's, yeah, there's going to be more. Yeah. Don't worry. So uh, there's a lot more history yeah, we can talk let, about. Let's talk but... about... Let's get out of this ancient stuff. Let's look at uh, modern Yule traditions. Um, and we're going to go through a couple of things yeah. here. We're going to go through the logs, the go Yule logs, Yule goats. Imagine Yule is in front of every word I say. Logs, <laughs> goats, wassailing, boars, and correspondences. Yeah. Not the letter kind. Um, but also maybe the letter kind. Who maybe knows? the letter kind. Maybe yeah. that's part of your thing. So let's, let's, so, let's do Yule. Uh, <laughs> let's go. So when we say modern, a lot of these things that, that he just listed off are not really necessarily modern. Well, modern uh, is like... quotations. But when you're looking at it, as we talked about some stuff years. that's as old as like four, you know, the, the, the year 300, yeah. like CE. Yeah. You know, we're looking at a huge swath of time there. So we say modern in parentheses because most people think of modern as like 20th or 21st century. Yeah. Um, which is... And you know, yeah. anything above, like, the 16th or the 17th to me is modern, but yeah. what the fuck ever. So, uh, <laughs> the Yule Log is one of the most common pieces yeah. um, here. And the Yule Log, its origin... No one knows. Yeah. Now, lots of people have theorized and guessed what it, where it came from and what it means. But again, if you think back to what we were just talking about with the history of all this stuff and kind of building and using that as our foundation to understand like where these things came from, uh, it's probably because people had really big fires. And yeah. it's the darkest night of the year and also the longest night. So you would need to have a log that burned for a longer time, um, as well as it rebirth, you know, being being the rebirth of the sun. Yeah. So now the first 
clear mention of the Yule log is in the 16th century, so the 1500s, right around, like really not too far along from the time as when they first mentioned the word Yuletide outside of the Germanic countries. Mm -hmm. So this very well could have come from the Germanic side of things. And the what you did with the Yule log is as varied as, well, really everything else. Much like other things, there is not a clear-cut yeah. black and white Do what answer. you want, dog. Don't worry yeah. about it. So the, log, so the Yule log is often burned on either the singular day that you are celebrating Yule, on Christmas Eve, or on the night that you start your Yule traditions. And um, some customs call for the Yule log to be burned perpetually until it's ash. So the Yule log is generally a big piece it's of a, wood. It's a big friggin' log. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now, there are some Slavic uh, countries who they like drag a log through the town square and then light that log on fire in the middle of the town square. And then that's the Yule log. I mean, I feel like that's just called arson. It's, <laughs> it's just like whatever. a big old tree. They're like, what so, is arson? Uh, <laughs> Christmas time. So, Christmas so time. you know, if it's a larger <laughs> log yeah. and you uh, and you probably have a harsher winter, it's probably more common that you and, and you do it, you know, Yule for more than one day. It's probably more common for you to let it go until it's burned to ash yeah. but a more modern side of that is to um to save a piece of the yule log and again it's unclear when that really started but if you're saving a piece of the yule log for the next year when that year yeah. happens you take your old yule log uh wood carcass yeah. uh, and then you add your new yule log together you make that fire and then you let it burn all night and then you, once the fire goes out you usually <laughs> let it go out naturally as opposed to dousing the fire which you generally don't want to do because you're kind of using this fire to invoke or evoke the the birth of the sun, yeah. um, and then yeah. you keep the remnants. Be, for the sm next be year. smart about your Yule log. Don't make yeah. too much Yule. Now log. in Victorian times, they paired the Yule log also with a series of candles. So yeah. you would usually get a Yule log or block or clog, depending on same thing, depending on where you lived. You just called it something different, mm -hmm. and you also got a candle for each person that would be at your home mm -hmm. and each person so you would light the yule log and then each person would light a candle off of the yule log as they light the candle they make a wish they distribute the candles amongst the room the purpose being to try and make it as bright as possible so as to make it like daytime out inside uh with the candlelight and um and then everybody has a wish, and then they hang out, and they drink, and they tell ghost stories, apparently, were really common during Yule also. And that may be part of where um, Dickens got the idea for A Christmas Carol, because once Victorian times happened, people got pretty interested in death. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where the Yule log thing is. And then the dessert, the Yule log, is really based off of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we talk about is the Yule goat. Now, um... The Yule Goat is commonly attributed to Thor and is referenced by his chariot uh, that's drawn by two goats who I could not begin to pronounce that name. What a, can you do those? Well, that's uh, Tansgrasnir and... Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah. 
Tag tag nose. I saw that and was like, I typed that out. I'm I not. I didn't even type it. I copied it because yeah, I didn't even want to type it. Yeah. Um, I'm, now, not, I'm not great with that, man. I'm the Yule goats are actually predated by this to Indo-European and Proto-Slavic beliefs uh, by several hundred years, um, and with practices that are relating again to the sun god and the rebirth of the sun and the magical properties of the last sheaf of grain mm. that was bundled. Because you knew that the you knew that the harvest was going to be hard and the last sheaf of grain is not only like, oh my gosh, I hope we don't get to this, but also like, I'm going to hang on to this and I'm going to make this decorative so that the sun god will bless us and, um, you know, we'll be able to get through this winter. And the, um, the, the proto-Slavic sun god was called Devak or Dazbog, and he was symbolized by a white goat. Now, in these areas where this god was worshipped, they also have a festival that's similar to Yule. It's called Kuliata, uh, and I'm probably pronouncing that terribly wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, now, these festivals typically always, even now, have a man who is dressed as a goat who demands offerings in the form of presents. Hmm. Doesn't that sound like somewhere between Santa Claus and Krampus? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know that they're tied together, but it's a fun uh, coincidence. Now, um, it, in some Scandinavian countries, they also had a Yule goat that was like an idol. So some places didn't do a Yule goat at all. Nothing at all. And yeah. some places had like an idol that looked like a Yule goat and it would be carved out of wood or made out of clay or grain. It was more common for it to be wood or grain because you could burn that at a later festival. Uh, and a popular prank, well... First of all, when you had the Yule Goat, he was kind of like Elf on the Shelf. And he was there to make sure that all of the preparations for Yule and Yuletide were done properly. Yeah. Uh, and it evolved into there being a prank in some Scandinavian countries where you would have the Yule Goat and then you would have to try to hide the Yule Goat in your neighbor or friend's house because back then you were very tied to the people who lived right next to you Yeah. Uh, without them knowing. And if they caught you trying to hide the goat, you had to take it back and you had to try to hide it in somebody else's house the next year. Now, if you if they didn't catch you hiding the goat, then they would later find the goat and then and they had to also try to hide some hide it in someone else's house mm. and so the cycle continues hilarious um in modern times the yule goat really is just like an ornament we've got one behind us they just look cool mm -hmm. we're probably going to burn it when it comes to um probably easter yeah. Uh, or something along those lines and um sometimes people do this thing called um Oh boy, um, yulking, which is my best guess to pronounce that, uh, which is basically like winter costume trick or treating. So you would go and you would dress up with like a mask, maybe it's a goat mask, and you would go trick or treating at your you know friends and family's houses in the neighborhood, and they would have to try to guess who you are. And if they don't guess who you are, they have to give you candy. So, well, a treat of some kind. I mean, this is probably pre candy. But yeah. yeah. So the yule goat actually seems to be like the the simplest but also the most nebulous out of all of these traditions yeah um and then we come into wassailing which is wassailing wassailing uh which is like the probably the most the, the second most popular thing yeah, yeah. um and is that when like woo girls go on their sailboats it's when woo girls turn into wah girls yeah, they go on a sailboat. You know, there's the ancient tradition of being rich and going out on a boat during Christmas time. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> I don't 
don't think so. <laughs> it's not we, what we're talking we, about. We don't live in those kind of families. No, um, shit, no. Mayor, no, this I'm term um, comes from an Anglo-Saxon greeting that's that means be thou hail, uh, which basically translates to be in good health. Yeah. And um, well, sailing traditionally happened on Twelfth Night, and it's kind of like the predecessor of caroling. Um, so, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a lot there. And there's nothing to say that this didn't happen before, but this really started happening in, like, the late 1700s um, there. And there's sort of two branches of wassailing, and I had no idea about this. Mm -hmm. I knew about going house to house, and you would sing carols and stuff. So the, the idea behind wassailing... <laughs> you do. That's the idea behind going to somebody's house and wassailing is, like, it is kind of like the peasants would do it and they would go house to house, but they would typically pick the richer houses or the house of their Lord and go wassailing. So it's a little bit like, Hey, we're going to sing some songs, give us some money or some stuff and we'll bless your house with music yeah. or we'll bless your house. Well, in or, our music or we're gonna sing music at you until you give us booze and money <laughs> uh, which let's be honest that's what happened yeah if I could just go to some rich guy's house and just like scream yeah. tenacious yeah. D lyrics in, and make money exactly. that's what I would do in poor like... homes they would typically just top off whatever the wassail bowl because again they yeah. had a bowl or a goblet yeah. um, they would typically top that off all right, we're back. The camera did whatever the camera does. Uh, so that is or was house visiting visit. You you know how this works, right? It's caroling, yeah. but old timey. And um, my guess is going to be more annoying, but maybe less annoying. I'm, I'm not really certain. I've never had to deal well, with carolers, and I have to believe, <laughs> I have to believe that it is either a very enjoyable process, because that's basically drive-by concert. Nobody's going to complain about that. Or you're just like, Oh, oh, we're getting assaulted by bad music outside of our house. And then you gotta like go outside and yell at them by giving them like alcohol or whatever the fuck that is. Because I've never lived in a community where you just I've have like motherfuckers singing at you with, and like, shit. Carolers? Uh, yeah, weird. if you have, let us know. What's yeah, that what like? Is, that is it like? weird? Is it weird? Yeah. Are you excited? Have you ever gone a caroling? I mean, like, what I'm saying Christmas carols in church that? and stuff. No, like, gone out and a gone caroling. to people's houses and nah, gone Nah, I'm one of them inside the I house kind of people. I want to know if you're one of Ma. those people. Tell us more yeah. about Yeah, share, share your yeah. caroling experiences. But, yeah. all right, let's talk about so, the other form of Yeah, so the uh, other form of wassailing is orchard visiting. Yeah. So this primarily happened in places where, like, cider was a big deal. So just, like, beat a guy up who owns an orchard? <laughs> just no, invade and, his and, fucking and house. as opposed to, like, we're going to sing door-to-door and hope that people give us presents and food. You're going to sing tree-to-tree? You're going to go orchard to orchard and you're going to sing at those trees because you want them to give you a good harvest. And you're also going to bang pots and pans. You got to wake them trees up. Yeah, so you That's just got to go... Listen, you're just going to go... The amount of drunk this sounds, right? So, like, think about this if it were, like, a Family Guy sketch, yeah. right? It's just like, let's get shit housed. And then let's go to the, uh, this tree farm over here and just, like, fucking scream at these trees until they grow some fruit or whatever. Yeah. And then once you're in that, you're like, oh, man, these trees are probably screamed at enough. They seem like they're starting to do stuff. So, like, let's go scream Let's go at the to the next orchard and do the same I've thing. I've got a great plan, guys. Let's scream tree to tree. Yeah. And we'll get some stuff out of it. Yeah. That is... 
That is just alcohol abuse. They would gone, usually scream at the tradition. oldest tree specifically. Yeah, too. I'm I'm yeah. very in support of this. Yeah. let's let's go let's go orchard wassailing next year, guys. That's, yeah, that sounds super yeah, fun. Does I anybody go have scream an orchard? Some we trees. can go wassail. Yeah, uh, Kate Tin owns an orchard. Oh yeah, we could stop outside of my mom's. She's got grapes it's not an yeah. orchard, but it's it's close. a vineyard. It's close. Yeah. It's a, it ends in yard. So yeah. uh, now when you're going a wassailing, you don't usually have like you you usually you don't have like a cup. You usually have like a big goblet or another bowl again yep. and everybody drank from the same one one of those dolls one of those babies with a, with a straw in its head that you can yeah. fill with just wassail so you yeah. can go to the ball game and wassail there you know what i'm saying yeah and the idea was that everybody's sharing from it and everybody's drinking from it but you only really need like one bowl per group or two <sighs> bowls per group so Yuck. that people can you know keep refilling you uh and you basically when the bowl is empty is kind of when you go home unless you pass out somewhere beforehand uh and that's wassailing yeah who's who's thinking that maybe we do like a five bowl tree wassail next year because one bowl is not gonna be enough I mean, we... unless that bowl is like <laughs> like a small kiddie pool we could have like yeah. four or five dudes carry a small kiddie pool at I mean, the same time we could do that here but I drink we don't like really a have a lot of trees that aren't like evergreen year round but we do have a handful of trees that are you know, like, now we'll just wander around. Yeah. We'll just wander around town and just scream at people's trees. Oh, that's what homeless people do. You yeah, do I, I mean, but, but listen, listen. If we're all wearing festive hats, then we're not homeless. Oh, yeah, we're all right, wassailing. all right. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty certain drunken public still a crime, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't take that into account. Damn. Now, the last of these traditions uh, really is the Yule boar, which I'm gonna say parentheses also. Christmas ham. So the reason why we eat ham commonly um, during this type of year is that boars were a very common sacrifice during not only this time of year, but also the areas in which Snack they reasons. were. Because when you've got everything in the woods and you've got animals going south for the winter and you've got ones that are hibernating, uh, boars pretty much need to eat all year round and don't really do that sort of yeah. thing. So, um, so sacrificing head. boars and eating yeah. boars was super common and w is a very easy transition to Christmas oh, ham. Also, boar is so tasty. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah. like, uh, and you have to think, I mean, obviously, if you're, like, keeping animals, something like a, like a, like a pig And they or whatever, feed you for a long time. They They're feed also you for a long time. Fatty, yeah. So you yeah. get a lot of You're getting of a lot of caloric density out of, out of it. But, yeah. yeah, if you're going wild boar hunting or whatever, I mean, you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, you kill a boar that's going to last quite a while. Yeah. And it's going to have a lot of benefits. So, yeah, boar is, and boar is a good. And that meat um, cures easily. Yeah. Um, so it's an easy thing to 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 do when you may have leftovers for several days. Yeah. You just continue to salt it, and then it's not quite so bad. You can't really do that with other types of um, other types of animals as food. as readily. Yeah, I mean yeah. you can you can salt anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as like traditions go, <laughs> we'll salt you after this is done. It's gross. I don't know what that means. I've signed up for something I haven't agreed to. You're stuck now. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now, as far as like uh, quote unquote Yule practices, you know, like bold underlined Yule practices, that's really kind of like the main pieces there. Now there are some other correspondences that you may find helpful if you prefer yeah. to incorporate certain things into your practice. Um, so some Yule correspondences, and these are just like a list, so I'm just gonna kind of like run yeah, through Yeah, we're just gonna these. power through this so, list. So um, we got animals, so bear, 
um, even though they hibernate for the Fair winter, sport. are fairly common. Um, deer, and particularly stags yep. or reindeer, you're looking for those horns. Again, kind of tying into like yeah. the horned god there. It's not um, decorated it. It's just horns. It's just horns. They're we fake just horns. Bought, we but, just bought, yeah. yeah, these are very tiny. We just yeah. bought tiny antler ornaments. That's all our tree is, is antler ornaments. We do have dried orange segments that we yeah. just have not put we up there. We keep forgetting to put up there. They're so. very pretty, and we just keep forgetting. And um, you know what? Maybe they'll make it on there before Christmas. Yeah, maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, as well as squirrels, because squirrels are actually still pretty active during midwinter because they are hoarding as much food as they can. Yeah. Or if you live where we are, they're trying to drop bay nuts on your head. Yeah. Um, because they want to play a game. All so day long for months now, you just vaguely yeah. hear shit assaulting the roof of your house because the squirrels are just like, I need this nut to crack. I'm just going to throw it at this fucker's house. I'm just going to throw it at this fucker's house. And if it it's, doesn't crack, they go down, they pick it up, and they get it again. Yeah, but sometimes and I just keep the doing squirrels it, specifically try to drop it on you because they have a sense of humor. Uh, and also, these squirrels are Assholes. huge, so maybe they're just trying to like they're assert just being their dominance. Dicks. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, colors red, green, gold, white. You can see those in the colors of the season the reds, the greens, the yeah. golds, the whites. You can see Christmas colors. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're so particularly inclined, you could certainly do blue and white. Um, I mean, really, you could use any colors there yeah. um, that you want to that are part of the greater, like, holiday time pantheon that you can find wrapping paper colors in. Yeah. Uh, and as, lights. Single-colored lights, dude. That's yeah, the sauce. Yeah. As far as stones and crystals... Um, Bloodstone is a big one. Bloodstone is um, combined. Stone blood. It's like a briefcase <laughs> full of guts, but way more pressure to make it. You know, you put like this much guts in a briefcase, but like to get blood into a stone, you gotta like compress it. Yeah, you gotta compress it's like, it. It's like turning something into a diamond. Yeah, you gotta push um... it. You gotta push it real good. <laughs> push it. That's the best reference that you've done all night. Yeah, hey. Uh, so bloodstone is basically one stone that has those colors, the, those Christmas colors, the red and the green, like yeah. married together. And then clear quartz. One clear quartz, good for literally every. Yeah. Excuse me, everything. It's, a, it's an all year round rock. It is, but it also looks a little bit like um, icicles. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, don't feel like you need to go buy some bloodstone or some quartz. Like if you find a particularly pretty rock and you think, you know what, this rock makes me think of. Yule yeah. or Christmas yeah. or this is just a really cool you rock like that and rock? I like Fuck it. Rocks. Like do that rock. Yeah. There's no reason that you need to spend a bunch of money on crystals. Uh, and yeah, that being never. said, there's also no problem with spending a bunch of money on crystals. It's whatever your it's budget a real is. real problem, man. I, we have I a buy problem. every yeah. time a place is like, we got rocks. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, okay. Man, yeah. Let me buy some rocks. What kind of rocks you got? Yeah. I love buying rocks. Especially those places where they're like, here's a bag. Fill it with rocks. I'm just like, oh my God. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you fool! You know how many rocks I can fit in this bag? Ha ha! Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah. I give it one more rock in this bag, and the guy's just like, this is. You cubed out a fucking leather sack, and the guy's like, I, you're, you're just a like a asshole, but fine. I guess you're more like I'm getting paid minimum wage. Boom. Fourteen ninety nine. Like, what if I fill my pocket instead of this bag? Is yeah. that okay, Mister Sir? What size bag can I get? Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Get a totally. bigger bag. Yeah, um, so herbs. Uh, you're looking at all those herbs that feel Christmassy. Uh, so you're looking at bay, uh, cinnamon, clove, frankincense, holly, ivy, mistletoe, myrrh, oak, orange. Uh, yes, I'm considering that an herb. Uh, pine cones, poinsettias, rosemary, yeah. mint, 
and literally any and all evergreen. Yeah, she you, just means plants, by the way, guys. The word she's looking for is plants. plants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, also apples, um, which yeah, leads me into food. So there yeah. are generally traditional foods that you eat. Yule foods. Um, Yule foods. Uh, and I mean, really, you can kind of like look at what's like common to eat, like after Thanksgiving, like before Easter. And that kind of like accounts for that. So that's apple anything. Apple anything. anything Still apples, looking yeah. at squash. You're looking at a lot of dried fruits eggnog you're looking at winter greens like salads um anything that's spiced so spiced cookies spiced breads ham we just talked about also other spiced meats it's not uncommon to have a, a heavily spiced sausage um you know during this time think about what you would have if you were only living off of the land and that's really what you're looking at in terms of a seasonal food food specific to you yeah. and of course sweets as many sweets as you can fit in your face hole uh, I recommend a lot of sweets, guys. A lot of sweets. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, there's some deities that you can look at, too, depending on where you want to take your practice. So you're really looking at, like, at, like, the mother figures and the sun gods and the gods of having, like, a good time at a party. Yeah. yeah. You're, so, looking at, you're looking at, like, you're looking at, like, uh, like mom gods and, yeah, like, like, star gods Aphrodite. and, like, party gods. And you're looking at Bacchus and Baldur and Brigid and uh, the crone, Demeter, Dionysus... Gaia, the Green Man, yeah. uh, Hell, because You're of really the connection to the dead. Doing this alphabetically and not by sect. Helios, and it's making my the eyeballs horned hurt. The God, yeah. Ishtar, yeah. Isis, uh, Lug, the Oak King, Odin, Ra, Soul, like literally the Sun, uh, and and from there you can kind of like take bits and pieces of what we talked about today, and yeah. you can kind of like put it into whatever you want your tradition to be like yeah we didn't give you a ritual but that's fine you don't necessarily need a ritual unless you want a ritual yeah. and if you do want that uh i mean just google it yeah. uh and look at uh, i recommend to invoke the rule of three here so look at three different things before yeah. you decide what things yeah. you're going to cut and paste and do. do. Do a little research, you know, look it up. But also be okay with the fact that, like, if you write some shit right now that you're, like, super vibing on, and you, like, this is the thing that I want to do for Yule this year, or or for whatever seasonal um, blot or, 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 or whatever, uh, you know what? If you're, like, vibing on this right here, next year when you come back to it and you're just like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not feeling any of this, like you could just change it up, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I feel like this is that kind of that thing where it's like, as long as you're always learning and you're always changing, <clears throat> then you never have to worry about being like too caught up in yeah. in the like weird like kind of psycho like this is the tradition we gotta do it this way. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to adapt and overcome, as it were. Yeah. And and we have twenty twenty. Uh, yeah. An example. And we have our own separate rituals for our own practices, and yours yeah. is primarily Norse, and mine yeah. is sort of like an eclectic, agnostic, Celtic type of thing. Um, which, if you're interested in those, let us know. We can probably provide you with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, just because I have this big ritual thing doesn't mean that I have to do it. Like, um, we will probably just light some candles, pull some tarot cards, leave out some offerings, and, you know, just say, like, some silent thanks. 
yeah. um, this year. You know, and there's just kind of there's go no from reason there. to not be simple when you want it to be simple. Yeah, you know, it, it's nice to kind of take a break and sort of relax a little bit. And this year's been, you know, a lot of a lot of not being with and around the kind of people that you're always with and around and doing the things yeah. you normally do. And a stressful year, yeah. and you feel yeah, like it's a, you need to get a shit. lot of stuff done. Yeah, you don't have time or even the energy to get stuff done. Like, did you put on pants today? Yeah, I didn't. No, I'm wearing a sarong, dude. I didn't, yeah. I'm wearing a kilt. And, and, and that's, and that's but, you know, and that, that leads us to our, our outro and our, our sort of synopsis of all of this. And I feel like it's pretty obvious at this point in time that the lesson here is is that, like, like there's there's traditionalism and there's logic and tradition, but at the same time, like, like you don't have to get too caught up in it. Obviously, if you want to, like, go right ahead, man. You know, I like, I'm, I'm very pro, like, like, do whatever the heck you want. As long as you're not hurting other people or, like, getting in our faces about some shit that you're doing. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. Like, you do you, dog. But, um, you know, specifically speaking about our practices in, in stay, saying, stay, uh, staying sane. Got it? <laughs> Drinking a lot, guys. In the darker months in, of the year. In the darker months of the year, yeah. Uh, you know what? It's, it's finding those things that, like, make you comfortable and doing those comforting things and, and... You know, being okay with, like, like, you know, for us, like I do, uh, we have, like, a buttload of incense, you know? And it's like, you know, I like every once in a while lighting some incense in the house or doing some shit like that. Or, like, um, you know, like having comfort food or, yeah. you know, if you're trying to stick to a diet or something like that. Making you know? food that makes you happy. Yeah. And you makes know? you feel good. Yeah, watching, um, watch, watch that you know, watch that old Christmas classic that you like or whatever, you know, and, and you don't have to be apologetic about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like to take a bath and just listen to like, like dubstep, uh, but without any words and without, like without looking at my phone, that way I've just got like sounds happening and I can just kind of like space out. But I often also, uh, forego using social media, like, and that's a thing that I do for my day job. Yeah. You know, uh, but like on the personal side of things, I will forego that. Like if you don't want to look at the news today, because like today I was like, oh, there's a stimulus and and uh, and there was a volcano that erupted. And why is the Dalai Lama trending? Like, you know, if you don't want to deal with any of that, like toxic news cycle on a day or even a couple of days, like just don't yeah just don't you know yeah uh you know and that's not to say that like don't use social media or anything like that like go ahead do what makes you happy if that's what makes you happy then do it but if you feel like it's getting to be too much consider taking a break yeah get a coloring book read a kid's book we very specifically have kids books around with like pictures that you can like look at yeah. play a video game if that makes you happy yeah if you're a video game person play video cooking. games uh, a, a thing to do with the dark months and if you live in the kind of places where where the darkness is is, is is prolonged for a, quite a while this is obviously harder but you know like when you go to lunch and, and like we're working from home right when it's lunchtime go you know, take a take a you know take a little take a step outside absorb a little bit of that about a little bit of that sunlight sort it's of a thing. sweet sweet vitamin d yeah you know yeah. just like like you know or or have like a place or a moment where you can sort of calm down and relax you know, we get so caught up in the in the grind, and especially if you work in a service industry or in marketing or in financing or in or in or with the public accounting <laughs> or with the public or anything, right? I mean, tensions build in like pretty much every organization during 
the end of the year because if, if it gets the end of the year, you gotta get your numbers up before the year closes. You gotta get you gotta get your sales or you gotta do your whatever. Or we gotta get a bunch of posts out or you gotta fucking upsell some shit or whatever. We've all worked a ton of jobs. Whatever bullshit end of the year panic attack people are having about stuff. And even if you don't work in those jobs and you're just trying to like go to Target to pick up some shit. Right, and people are in Target like freaking out about stuff because you know that shit's important or whatever. But like, we gotta remember to like take a break from that shit, take a moment. I say this all the time. You know, so many people talk about multitasking and getting a bunch of shit done. It's all fucking dumb. Don't do that. Try to just um, do a single do one, task. Do, be yeah. singular in your intent. Even if, you don't have to do it all the time. That's not at all what I'm saying. Trust me, I multitask like a soul bitch. But yeah. but like all the time. But like. Have those moments in time during the day where you can just, like, I'm going to do this one thing. And, like, this shit's happening, this shit's happening, none of that shit matters to me. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be singular in my intent, right? And find peace in that singularity. And, and you know, like, if you're a, a meditator, it's always good to meditate in the winter. You know, if, if, you, if you're doing work, whether it's divination or shadow work or, or any, any, any other sort of practice you want, you know, like, give yourself, a, give yourself the time to really appreciate the, the, the minutia of the task. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and those are the, these are those kind of things that are going to help you make it through the winter months. Yeah. You know, well, and like even now in all of this not having friends apocalypse stuff, like, just... Like, be cool and, like, 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 calm down about shit, and there are people, or, like, like, my cousin was telling me that his kid's college has, like, like, Zoom meeting hangouts. Yeah. For the dorms and shit, like, which is rad, and it's like, there's so much of that, and there's so many of these, oh, we're doing this, such and such bar is doing this drink-along yeah. thing, yeah. or fucking Zoom trivia or whatever, like, there's always stuff out there, you yeah. know, don't think well, that you're lost. You don't necessarily need to do stuff with other people either, yeah. but oh, yeah. uh, one thing that I used to do often that we don't really get to do because of where we live, because we live, like, literally in the middle of the woods, um, is um, catching the sunrise, uh, and I know that that seems really hard but right now the sunrise is happening at like 7 30 in the morning so um if you can i would recommend to like you know get up a little bit like 15 or 20 minutes before the sunrise and put on some warm clothes and go outside and watch the sunrise you can bring a mug of coffee you can wear your slippers like nobody's judging you or checking on you but um i always found that the sunrise to me was like a little bit more important and special than a sunset is because i uh, i've i've had jobs where i've worked very early in the morning and very late at night and and stuff and i'm generally an early morning kind of riser like I get up when the sun rises doesn't matter what time that is I get up at dawn uh, <laughs> all year round uh, and I always felt like sunrises were like made just for me you know at, whereas sunsets I always felt were made for sharing so um, catch a sunrise uh, allow yourself to revel in the beauty of the world that we have especially now in times where everything feels hopeless and dark and like we're part of an unending cycle of of stuff 
that's yeah. happening. You know, so try to do, if not that, then something else that helps you really see and sort of marinate in the beauty that, that is around you yeah. to kind of bring you back and add not so much gratitude, but like a little bit of wonder and delight into your day. Yeah, yeah, you know, find find the things that make you happy and, and stick with them. That's that's really the secret there. But we've we've digressed for enough. We've, we've taken <laughs> yeah, up enough of your time. Much longer than we this had anticipated. Longer than we intended. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so yeah, I don't really remember how I signed off on this. Uh, oh, if I don't you're either. watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video. Comment below. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you learned. Tell us that you hate our guts. It's all the same to me. Um, uh, if you're watching us on our subscribe. other podcast channels, uh, make sure that you subscribe to us. Yeah, if follow you're on us YouTube, on YouTube. Subscribe. That's going to be where everything happens fastest. Check out nerdjive.com slash links for yeah. a full view of where you can find yeah. this podcast, all of Everything's our other stuff. Let us know like what your traditions are. Yeah, your yeah let's talk are. about what, what you do for you. We would love to talk about that. And yeah. you can do that either through our social media or our YouTube where you can find this podcast and you can actually like see our faces if you're not already watching this on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and we would just love to hear from you guys and, and hear about what you're doing and how you're doing this stuff. Like, let's make it a conversation. Let's yeah, make it a community. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, either way, don't forget to like this video. Comment below, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. I may or may not have a graphic for any of this because I don't really remember. Uh, I have been Jonathan Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. Yep. We are, are whatever the superhero reference that I made at the beginning of the podcast was that I that don't was remember too anymore. Long ago. I don't it was even too know. long ago. I don't care. Um, we have talked about Yule in so far as the simplest and highest 30 million foot overview of it. So this is Yule 101, a brief look at the history, practices, and traditions of Yule, as well as a little thrown in there, uh, pep talk about how to get through uh, 2020 dark months, because they're dark, let me tell you. But uh, yeah, either way, uh, this has been the Horn and Cauldron podcast, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. So. Uh, Stay Thank frosty, you. I guess. Yeah, stay stay frosty. Right? I don't know yeah. what that's from. We don't have a tagline for this yet. I don't, we'll yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so stay frosty. <laughs>